This is part 4 of my analysis of the music of Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. If you haven't listened to the previous parts first, go back and listen to those. We are looking at my personal favourite pieces from the game, one chapter at a time. Last episode focused on the Eastern Europe chapter. In this episode, however, we'll be taking a look at key musical moments from the chapter based in Shadow Moses Island. We're past the halfway point of the game, so from this point onward, I'm going to plant my huge spoiler warning flag here, which will stay in effect until part 6. Okay, bring on the nostalgia. Now naturally there are a lot of musical callbacks to MGS1, be that rearrangements of certain themes or original versions, a lot of which have already been covered with the episodes analysing the music of that game. So I want to focus specifically on the music that you only hear when you revisit the ruins of the nuclear warhead disposal facility 9 years later. Case in point, the music you're listening to right now. Unmanned Army. This is the new alert theme for the Shadow Moses Island chapter. Hardly any human enemies are encountered here. You can count how many there are with one hand, and they are all bosses. A huge majority of enemies are unmanned mechs like Scarabs or Gecko. You know what that means. Liquid is already here. The music is a hybrid of the styles from both MGS1 and MGS4, and the key of Unmanned Army matches the key of Encounter and all of its derivatives from MGS1. That being A minor. The modern instrumentation does dominate the piece for the most part as a sign of the times, but you can hear the odd synthesized drone with a similar texture that calls back to the instruments that the PS1 sound card can pull off. It's like Snake is constantly flashing back to the original incident, and his place in that, despite not necessarily wanting to come back. Before we get to catching up with our old friend Metal Gear Rex in the underground maintenance base, the penultimate BB Core member stands in our way. At the snowfield that separates the base from the nuclear warhead storage building, where Snake had his final encounter against Sniper Wolf, it is only fitting that we get to experience the fight against Crying Wolf at the same location. We're in Alaska, in the middle of a snowstorm at the dead of night. So of course, visibility is going to be a huge issue without any thermal goggles. The constant rattle of the percussion reminds you of the fact that all of your senses are being challenged here. Despite the challenges regarding the climate, you still have a traumatised woman piloting a wolf-shaped mech with a railgun similar to Fortunes mounted on the top of it. If you listen carefully, you can hear the electric guitar playing in a rhythm akin to that of sobbing. Anyone who has gone through the experience of crying before will know how much build-up your mind can carry before it starts to unleash itself. The music does the same thing. Tense sections that build up before the ensemble attacks relentlessly when the tension reaches its biting points. 
Now that I think about it, a railgun is a very apt weapon for Crying Wolf. Shadow Moses Island has the biggest number of boss fights per chapter in MGS4, with 3 bosses. We already encountered one. The next one isn't too far away on the horizon. It's time to get our own back on the colossal pain in the neck from the big shell incident that is Vamp. And we have the perfect music to accompany us. Sin. <laughs> Five years later, we finally get a chance to have our own little rematch. I love the introduction to this piece. It's a nice little tribute to traditional Romanian music, which is where Vamp is from. The percussion and vocalist make themselves known before quickly fading out and the orchestra dominates the piece again. I always interpreted this as Snake and Otacon being reminded of the atrocities that he committed in front of their very eyes during the Big Shell incident, including the murder of Emma Emmerich. This serves as a reminder for what it is the two of them are collectively fighting for, and how Vamp is the embodiment of what it is they're trying to stop. When the orchestra kicks in again, they stop flashing back and come back to the present with a heightened focus and only one purpose in mind. Bring down the man that can't and won't die. Snake vs Vamp is not the only dream match that we are blessed with in this chapter. As soon as this is done, we get a fight that was revealed in the game's marketing campaign. We are finally going to get Rex vs Ray. We have everything here. Projectiles and debris flying everywhere, total destruction surrounding the fight, a bitter rivalry between two brothers that has been simmering for over a decade. The music knows that this has been something the fans have been waiting for, and it shows with its execution. Everything and the kitchen sink is being thrown at us with both classic and modern instrumentations having their own little dispute over which should be the dominating force behind the piece. It's like the music is telling us to take a break from the tense and atmospheric stealth gameplay and just let loose by blowing everything up instead. The next episode of My Melodies of Life will be the last chapter before we move on to the feature length marathon that is the epilogue. In part 5 of my retrospective analysis of the music of Metal Gear Solid 4, 
we are going to be diving into a fortress that potentially surpasses the superiority of Arsenal gear itself. Outer Haven.